Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hello and welcome to another edition of the 66 to 87 podcast. I am Tom Reed, uh, joined as always by Dave Molinari, who uh, at some point uh, in the next few days or weeks or months will come home from the West Coast. He's been out there for a while on this uh, long road trip uh, with the Penguins. Uh, We are recording on Friday. Uh, The Penguins just coming off a 6-2 loss to the Kings. But Dave, uh, before we uh, get too much into that, and I guess I should mention we will we will have uh, as our guest today, uh, Director of Penguins, Director of Player Development, Scott Young. We're going to have Scott on. He's going to be an assistant coach uh, for the uh, U.S. Men's Hockey Team. Obviously, the NHL player is not going, but uh, Scott has done so much over throughout his career uh, as both a player and uh, as a coach. Uh, for USA Hockey. So we'll talk to him about that, a little bit of Penguin prospects. But really, the, the story of the week is the return of Evgeny Malkin. Uh, Dave, you were out there in Anaheim, uh, a storybook return, uh, a couple of goals. Uh, Thursday night, not so great. Uh, took, a pe- took a penalty. Uh, again, they, they got beat pretty handily, 6-2. to two. Uh, Really early impressions of, of seeing him uh, back in action now after a couple of games. Well, I, I mean, I think he exceeded expectations in the Anaheim game, uh, it being his first of the season. And I think we saw a lot of uh, bad Malkin, uh, you know, in, in the Los Angeles game, as we saw from just about every one of his teammates, with the notable exception of Tristan Jari. Um, he was bad that night, and he had an awful lot of company. But uh, <clears throat> two nights earlier, Against the Ducks, he had played uh, very well. I mean, it, was, it wasn't flawless by any means, but it also uh, wasn't realistic to expect it to be. And he, he scored two goals and, uh, you know, looked a lot like he could uh, still have the potential to be a real force uh, for this team. Yeah, in watching him, he looked he looked at ease. Again, I, I'm not really worried about the, the hands and some of the stuff. The goals were a bonus. But I was just kind of – I was more interested to see how he was moving, uh, you know, acceleration, all that kind of stuff. And I, I was encouraged. Again, uh, we'll get a little bit more into the, the, Los, the Los Angeles game. You know, again, I mean, what is Evgeny Malkin if you don't have a, a, a stupid off, offensive zone penalty somewhere along the line? Uh, but I thought for the most part he, he looks pretty good. I, I just expect the timing will take a little while. Yeah, and I mean, and you could see he he grew increasingly confident as as that game went along. Yeah, uh, got more comfortable, you know, carrying the puck for great distances. Uh, yeah, I mean, really, I I think he he exceeded all reasonable expectations. Uh, 
in that game. And, you know, uh, I'll give the, the Penguins credit, although it was also just wise on their part that they very clearly did not rush him back from, from this knee surgery. Yeah. Uh, I thought he had looked in practice uh, for several weeks like a guy, you know, who was capable of getting into games and contributing. Um, certainly, you know, they must have had uh, some medical information that uh, precluded doing that because they obviously wanted to get him back in there. But, you know, I, I don't think he was as uh, concerned about, you know, whether his knee would hold up as, as a lot of guys are when they're coming off of a major surgery just because, uh, you know, the whole process, uh, you know, really took a lot of time. The, the Penguins and he were both uh, very conservative in how, how they went about his rehab. And I, and I do think that also says something to, I know that a player is going to be back when he's going to be back, when he's ready to be back. But the fact that the, the team has, has played so well as is certainly right in the thick of the race right now. I mean, they're, just a couple of points out of first, uh, five, six points out of first, uh, it, it afforded them time. It afforded them time in the sense that Malkin didn't have to feel rushed to get back, and the team certainly wasn't in a hurry to get him back until he was 100%, which, you know, there are times, if, if the situation was a little bit different, if they were kind of hanging out where the Islanders are, or some of these other teams are that are expected to make the playoffs and are in that kind of trouble, I think it's only human nature uh, that guys and teams are like, okay, let's let's see if we can get him out there as quick as possible. Well, I mean, that's where it's incumbent on the the team to be the adult in the room, yeah, uh, and, and you know, not let the uh, the player do something, you know, because of a short term urgency that is going to have negative long term repercussions for him. Um, you know, I. I, I would have been disappointed in the Penguins if you know, they had allowed Malkin to return to the lineup before he had absolutely cleared all medical hurdles. I'm sure he wanted to. He's, you, know, you don't get to uh, perform at the, at the level that he does you know, w- without being ultra competitive. Um, but, you know, they uh, they made him take his time, and I th- I think all parties will uh, will benefit in in the long haul because they did so. Speaking of the long haul, how do you how do you see that second line kind of shaking out here as we uh, assuming and this is always a dangerous assumption that these guys can actually stay healthy for a while. This this team between COVID and, and injuries this year. It's usually a couple games, and, and one of their top six is going out of the lineup. But it, but now that Malkin and Crosby are both back in the lineup, how do you see that top six shaking out? Well, uh, the Penguins have been non-committal about it. If if I had to hazard a guess, I would say that at least at the start, when Jason Zucker comes back, he will go into left wing on the the line with Malkin and Kapanen. Yeah. And uh, Carter will drop back to being the third line center. Uh, Carter certainly worked very nicely with Malkin in the Anaheim game um, and, you know, took over a, a lot of the center defensive responsibilities and, 
and took the uh, the vast majority of the faceoffs for that line. But um, Malkin, you know, uh, was used more on draws in in Los Angeles. I think the the Penguins are trying to allow him to make a gradual transition back to taking on the the full duties of a of a center. Um, and I'm thinking that the idea behind that is that, you know, when Zucker comes back, which doesn't look like it's imminent, even though he's uh, joined practices uh, now, um, I, I think that the, the plan will be to use Carter at center again, as you noted, assuming that they are healthy, which, uh, you know, they almost never are entirely. <laughs> yeah, it's, and, and you know, it's, it's, it's another, it's a strange year. And again, of course, COVID, um, you know, I think one of the, uh, we'll, we'll, I'll bring this point up in the, in the second segment. Let's keep moving along here. Uh, you know, they knew, we knew they weren't going to finish the season when winning 40, 40 consecutive games. Uh, streak ended with you when you in Dallas, it was 10, right? They, they, they got to 10. Yeah. Uh, losing Dallas. It was a pretty good game. The Dallas comes back and wins. They play very well in Anaheim, as we alluded to, with Malkin's return. And they get thumped on Thursday night. Now, I want to preface this by saying you and I spoke uh, Thursday morning uh, before you went to morning skate. And I, you know, a lot of times we, you know, we're focused on the Penguins. And and, and the fans are focused on the Penguins. And there, there's a lot of people that are like, wow, they, they really didn't play well. They didn't show up. But we talked about it in the early in the day. I, I like that Los Angeles team. I like the way that they're building. They don't look like the, the Kings teams of recent years that were just kind of big and plotting. And I, I don't mean the Stanley Cup teams, but the teams like right after that, the team that Carter got thrown away. I, I, that loss last night, I would say, yeah, they didn't play well. But sometimes you just tip your hat and say, that's a pretty good team there, a pretty good young team. No, the, the, the Kings played well. There, There's no question about it. But um, I don't think that at this stage in their development, they're as good as the Penguins made them look yeah. Thursday night. Uh, the Penguins, uh, aside from Tristan Jari, just had a terrible game. Yeah. Uh, if it wasn't their worst game of the season, it certainly was a medalist. Uh, but, you know, those happen. You, yeah. When, when, you, play, when you play 82 was- games... Yep. Even the best teams, you know, are, are going to have some nights when, when it's just not happening for them. Uh, the key is how they, they rebound from that. Yep. Uh, you know, if, if they come out uh, Saturday night and, and play a strong game against uh, the Sharks, then, yeah, it's probably safe to uh, view the, the game against the Kings as just a, an inevitable, uh, albeit unfortunate, hiccup. You know, yeah. if, if they would happen to come out and put forth a similar performance, then I suspect uh, there might be some concern. Yeah. If you didn't see it, you look at the scoreline and say, well, how did Tristan Jari, what's Dave talking about? I mean, Tristan Jari kept them in the game for two periods. And, and uh, you know, L.A. got like three goals in like 83 seconds, something crazy. Uh, to go from uh, 2-2 to 5-2, and the game was over. But he played very well. He's also an all-star. We're going to talk a little bit about that. Uh, and was there anyone else on the Penguins deserving? And we're also going to get into Jeff Carter, who just had a homecoming of sorts in Los Angeles on Thursday night and kind of where his future lie. 
Uh, we'll get back to that uh, right after our break. Uh, you're listening to the 66 to 87 podcast. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome back to the 66 to 87 podcast. We'll be joined shortly uh, by Scott Young. Talk a little Olympic hockey. It's right around the corner, February 3rd. I believe the games begin in Beijing. Um, uh, but another big event coming up, at least uh, for a lot of hockey fans, is the All-Star Game. And the All-Stars were announced this week. And uh, only one player from the Penguins uh, added uh, to the roster at this point. Uh, it, Tristan Jari, uh, the guy that... Some fans wanted to run out of town here last summer after the way that he performed against the Islanders. Um, Dave, first, I get your thoughts on Jari's inclusion on the on the on the Metro team, and uh, should there have been at least one or maybe a few additions to that uh, team uh, from the Penguins? Well, I, I think probably every team in the division feels that it has. Uh a handful of players who were slighted, you know, by not being named to the team. But, right. you know, when, when every club has to be represented and, you know, it's small rosters, uh, you know, that, yeah, that's just the way of the world. And, uh, frankly, I think that a lot of guys would most years prefer to have a weekend to spend at a beach somewhere rather than, than play some meaningless hockey competitions uh, with the game being in Las Vegas this year. That probably is a nice consolation for the guys who are going there. But yeah. I, I think Jari was, was a logical selection for the Penguins. He's been their best player. Um, had Jake Gensel stayed healthy, you know, for the entire season to this point, uh, you know, it might've been awfully hard to, uh, not name him to the team uh, because certainly he's, he's done some incredible things, you know, uh, he had scored in 18 consecutive games of his own uh, until Thursday night in Los Angeles. And he had a point in all 15 road games that he had played this season uh, before the Los Angeles game. So, you know, that that's, it's a pretty impressive body of work that, that he's been putting together. But with, with the time he missed, I think that uh, eliminated any, any uncertainty about who the, uh, the Penguins representative on the team would be. Yeah, I would think he would be the guy from a just a statistical and the way he's played most of the season. He would be the, the logical candidate to get in. Uh, the, you, you, there comes to a point, too, where – you know, it, 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 what do you want the All Star 
game to be about? Uh, do you want it to statistically just about the best players this year, or do fans want to see have an opportunity to see the best players over time? And this is where the argument gets weird because it's this year's All Star game. Um, could there be a case made, or how do would you make a case for someone like Sidney Crosby, who clearly doesn't have the numbers, he hasn't played that many games. Uh, you know, there's different sports. I think I think it's golf, and I don't know much about golf, but you you, all, you have these like commissioner's exceptions or something that you, you add a player that maybe has just he, everyone knows he's a great player, and, it, and the league should be celebrating these type of guys. Any thought on on Crosby? You know, should Crosby be there? I guess. Well, yeah. I mean, that that's how he would get in, and I believe the the NHL did have that at some point. I see. I seem to remember Brian Trache being named to a a team. Uh, I want to say it was an All Star game in Philadelphia, maybe in 1992, mm, okay. uh, where he was added. Uh, you know, for, on on the benefit of his uh, career-long body of work, as opposed to anything he was doing as a bottom six guy for for the Penguins at, at that point, um, and I don't think he was just the one, the only one. I I believe that both conferences, you know, had a guy added. Uh, you know, the league probably really wishes that that Sidney Crosby would would be involved in the All Star game. Uh, because he, he's a good draw for television. You know, he, he pulls in eyeballs. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, if, if you're going to uh, dole out those, you know, just handful of spots strictly on, on the basis of, of performance this year, um, you know, I, I don't think it's difficult at all to justify his exclusion. Yeah. Now, uh, the, the NHL does, if fans probably realize, they have the, the last man in uh, for each of the divi- I think it's called the last man in last man. Yeah. The last man in uh ballot. So fans get a chance uh, to put players on now the, the the penguins nominee is Jake Gensel uh, from the Metro. Um, I would think he would have a decent chance. Uh, maybe he's to still get in there in, in, in that way. Uh, Svechnikov is such a good player in Carolina. Um, Savannah Jad, just because of the New York tie uh, Kuznetsov, uh, no, thank you. So uh, Jake can still, uh, Jake still may end up, uh, in Las Vegas, uh, again, uh, for that all-star game. And, and I think it would be a good reward because like, as you said, he's had a good season. Yes. He's missed some time, but man, he's been pretty consistent, uh, with the season he's had. Yeah. And, uh, you know, uh, Pittsburgh fans have a, uh, history of responding in situations like this. So I expect him to get an awful lot of support in, in the fan voting. Um, you know, Pittsburgh certainly isn't the biggest market in the metropolitan division, but, uh, you know, there, there's a pretty, uh, large and loyal following. And I, I think, uh, I kind of like Gensel's chances of, of getting in, uh, because, because of that, uh, you know, and the, you know the fact that he uh, would be doing it also on merit uh, certainly doesn't hurt his case. Agreed, agreed. Uh, Jeff Carter was not on the team a year ago at this time. Uh, came in late in the season at, 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 the, at the deadline, played very well, and you were at that point you were saying, 
wow, I, I hope he decides to come back because yeah, he played so well at the end of the regular season and I thought was their best forward in the playoffs um, in the short series or the, the short time they were in the playoffs in the six-game series, the, the Islanders. You know, Dave, this season, uh, his play has not dropped off. Um, he's third on the team in goals with 11, uh, 20 points uh, in 30 games. Uh, the man is 37 years old. Had a homecoming this week. Came back to LA. I, you were there. I it looked like a pretty nice ovation, nice video tribute to him. But I think the news story of this this week with Carter is him saying, "Hey, you know what? I think I want. I might want to play a little bit more." Um, yeah, yeah. He he was actually pretty straightforward about that. Yeah, it wasn't. I think or maybe or anything like that. He pretty much said he wants to uh, continue playing beyond this season. If you're, we just had this conversation last week, Dave, about some other players. Uh, if you're the Penguins, uh, do you just kind of wait and see how this plays out this season? I can't imagine that they would be offering him a contract before the end of this season. Uh, but if they, if this team does okay, and by okay, I mean maybe win a playoff round this year, and Carter is a contributor. Are you thinking about signing a guy who will be 38 years old uh, well, next year at this time? Yeah, I mean, I, I would consider it, but it, he it, for him it will have to be like a trip to the bakery where he takes a number and waits his turn. Yeah, oh, you for know, sure. You know, right. there, are, there are guys, you know, uh, w- certainly ahead of him in, in the negotiating lineup, you know, Latang and Malka. Brian Rust, yeah, you know, um, and you know the. I think the the salary cap will uh, be the ultimate determinant in, in this. Uh, you know, I, they the Penguins like what they've seen from from uh, Carter certainly, uh, as they should. Uh, you know, there's obvious uncertainty about how long he can keep doing this. There's plenty of precedent for players being productive and then as when they uh reach a certain age you know just hitting a wall and and that's it their productive days are over and you know with uh at carter's age you know that's something the penguins would have to take into consideration you certainly not somebody you would want to commit a whole lot of time to but if they have the the salary cap space and if he continues to play uh, the way he has since they, they got him at the trade deadline, I think it's something that they'll have to seriously consider. Now, you know, it's entirely possible that other teams are very impressed by yes. what he's done and will come in with, with an offer that will, you know, make the whole thing moot that will just be too attractive for uh, Carter to hang around and, and see what, what the Penguins uh, are willing to, to give him. Uh, I I get a sense, Dave, and I might be wrong on this. This is a guy that's won a couple of cups now, kind of gotten that that taste a little bit. He knows that the, he's at the end of the road. He knows that he's made his money. I get a sense with Jeff Carter, it's going to be more about can I win again? Can I make another deep run with the team uh, as much as it's going to be money? Because I don't think anyone is going to throw silly money. We, we see guys like, you know, uh, almost like Jeff Thornton, uh, Joe Thornton kind of now just kind of taking one-year deals uh, to keep playing. 
Um, and he, he no, he's not going to Columbus. No offense to my my dear friends in Columbus, but he's not going anywhere like Arizona or places like that. He he still wants to try to to win something. And I, I, I could see Jeff Carter kind of going down that route where he's he's only going to be interested if 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 he thinks a team can make a deep run or can can maybe win a cup again. Yeah, and uh, you know, Tampa certainly has had uh luck attracting guys yeah. in, in similar situations, you know, Corey Perry and so it you know, I I guess uh maybe you'd have to keep an eye on the uh on the Lightning, although, you know, they certainly uh, annually have uh, serious salary cap considerations of their own because they have so many accomplished players. But, you know, if Carter has, you know, another strong season, if he finishes it out the way he, he started it, you know, it's not hard to imagine that there, there could be other teams, including some good ones, that yeah. uh, would be interested in kicking the tires on him. Yeah, <laughs> and going back to the Columbus thing, of course, Jeff Carter kind of forced his way out of Columbus um, a couple years ago, which has still not been forg- forgiven. Uh, but again, I, I, I think Car- I, I can just see Carter going to a team if he, he if he is serious about this, and it sounds like he is, uh, and maybe he stays right here. Again, if, if, they, if the Penguins have a, a decent playoff run, uh, Assuming they get in, which it looks like they will, maybe he just thinks the best chance is, is to stay right here. Very interesting. All right. When we come back, uh, we will be joined by Scott Young. Uh, we recorded this interview uh, on Wednesday or Thursday. I don't even Thursday. remember what day it is, Dave. Thursday. Uh, really interesting. Tom, really I'm, inter- I'm, I'm the one on the other side of the world. <laughs> it's really, really interesting. Uh, I'm, I'm always fat. I love Olympic hockey. It'll be in- interesting to hear some of his thoughts on it. Him as a player, going back to that 2002 heartbreak where they were so close, uh, losing to Canada in the gold medal game, and just his thoughts about this team coming up and the experience of going to China. So stick with us here on the 66 Back to the 66 to 87 podcast, and as promised, we are joined by Penguins Director of Player Development, Scott Young. Uh, Scott is going is heading to Beijing uh, to serve as assistant coach uh, for the U.S. Olympic team. Of course, by now, fans are well aware that the NHL and NHLPA decided not to send uh, their players uh, to this Olympics. Uh, so much like uh, the last Olympics, in which Scott also served as a, as a coach, uh, that this will be a more of a, an amateur, other professionals, non-NHL players uh, that will participate. And there are few people that we could interview that have more experience with the Olympics uh, than our guest today. Uh, Scott has played in three Olympics, including in a best-on-best tournament in 2002. Um Scott, welcome to the show, and how excited are you to, to be a part of the U.S. Olympic movement again? Well, thanks, guys. Um, I'm, I'm really excited about it. Uh, I got the call from David Quinn, uh, I guess, what, a few weeks ago, and uh, 
you know, it, it, it didn't take me long to say yes. I mean, I, I, I do admit that I, I took a few minutes, but, uh, <laughs> you know, China, it's a long ways away and all this COVID stuff going on, but it, it didn't take long. We started talking about, you know, potential players that could be on this team. And I just found myself getting really excited about it. So, uh, yeah, it's been a good process so far. And I think we've got a great staff and, uh, having gone through it, gone, uh, through it in 2018 in Pyeongchang, uh, I think I'll, I'll personally even be more prepared this time around. Scotty, uh, two part question. One, do you have to be a BU guy to have any involvement with this team? <laughs> and, and secondly, how tough will it be to prepare when you probably don't know yet what other teams' rosters are going to look like? You know, if the NHL players were going to be involved, you know, the coaching staff would have had, you know, familiarity with most of the, the players on other teams. But as it is, it's, it seems like it's going to be quite a challenge for you guys. Well, as far as the BU question, it's funny you say that because they, they're uh, it's come up a number of times with other teams. You hear people saying, well, yeah, I don't know. They're concerned about having too many BU guys. I mean, there's just so many Boston University guys around the league right now. It's it really says a lot about the school. But uh, but as far as preparation, you know, I think we've got to worry about ourselves. Um, we've got to worry about bringing our own team together making our guys as familiar as possible with each other in a short amount of time. We don't have a lot of practices. So, uh, yeah, we can do some pre-scouts from, you know, on some teams, maybe from 18, but it's not really going to be about personnel. It would be more about style of play. Um, so if we're talking pre-scouts and stuff like that, yeah, that, that part would be a little bit more difficult. Uh, but I think we got to be more worried about all of us being on the same page, coming together in a short amount of time. And uh, that's the most important thing. Scott, when you, when you look back on your playing career, <clears throat> how much pride uh, do you take in, in playing in the Olympics? And again, as I mentioned, you, you had the opportunity to kind of see it both ways, uh, best on best. And, and, and then obviously the way that it was played before the best on best tournament came uh, uh began in Nagano, I think back in 98. Um, just how much pride did you take in, 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 in playing for your country? A tremendous amount. And, and I, I feel very fortunate. I mean, now that you, when you get older and you look back and, and, you know, somebody might bring it up and say, oh, Scott played in three Olympics. And then it, it starts to register and how big a deal that is. And, and um, I, I feel very fortunate to have played and, in the three Olympics. And, and I did, very, I did experience, uh, they were, they were just different, uh, times, almost every one of them. Like the first one was in 88 in Calgary mm -hmm. and we traveled together from August through the Olympics in February. Yeah. And we were living out of uh, a suitcase and, and traveling all over the world playing exhibition games. So uh, that was, a unique experience and we made friends for life. We we're all young up and coming players that uh, a lot of guys went on to play in the NHL. And it was just uh, it, a tremendous year uh, in the Olympics. Uh, you know, we didn't medal, uh, but it was a it was excellent experience. And, and again, friends for life. I was an assistant coach with my roommate in 2018. My roommate from 1988 was Tony Granado. Mm. So, you know, it's just amazing how everything comes around. So 
that was special. And then in 92, I had played in the NHL a little bit and, and uh, went back to play in the Olympics. And so that was a little different. The team was traveling through the year, but I was only with them here and there and then joined them for the Olympics. And then obviously in uh, 2002 in Salt Lake, that was best on best. And we, you know, we played in the gold medal game and, and won and lost that game and won silver. But, uh, and that was tremendous. Just the, the, the amount of talent uh, throughout that whole tournament was just fantastic. So I see it from all different angles. Um, people often ask me, what was your favorite? Well, my favorite was when, you know, we were played in the gold medal game. Um, and the other one, the other two Olympics, we didn't medal. But if we had medaled in the, you know, and we or we won a silver or gold in, in 88 and we didn't in 2002, I might say 88 was my favorite. So <laughs> it's all about winning, right? Like that's what you're going to remember. I mean, I remember them all very clearly, but that's the ones you're going to have the fondest memories of. Let me, let me ask you one about one specific game. And uh, 2002, obviously, we all remember the events of 2001. Uh, America, that, that was a very memorable Olympics in Salt Lake City. And it's U.S.-Russia. And every time you mention U.S.-Russia, you always go back to 1980. But I, I believe that was the semifinal game, too. Was it a quarterfinal or semifinal game you guys played them? That was the semi, and that's the second time that we had to play them. And yeah. we knew that that was, that was the, just such a battle. That was an excellent, excellent hockey game. It was so tight. And we hung on at the end um, to, to, to squeeze that one out and, and make it. And, you know... Um, please don't take as, as an excuse, but that game took a lot out of us. <laughs> it really did. And I thought that we were flying the whole tournament and we were the fastest team by far in the tournament. And I'm not saying we would have beat Canada in the final, but we had a, we, that game did take a lot out of us. Um, and I know Canada ended up playing, uh, I think Belarus because they yeah. upset Sweden and they, kind of had a little bit of an easier road there with 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 Belarus and uh but it was still it was a it's still a good game with Canada I felt that we just expended a lot in that Russian game and uh and who knows uh, but it was it was really a thrill just to play with all that talent uh in the U.S. locker room and against all that talent because Canada was stacked you know as they always are but so was Russia um and and every other team uh, Scotty, uh, what style of game are, are you guys hoping to play? Well, looking at, uh, you know, that's something that you have to design around the, the players that are available to you. And we wanted to pick the best players um, that were available to us. And we feel that we're going we're gonna to play a speed, a uh, fast speed game. Um, you know, we try to balance our lineup with some size and 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 speed but i think it tend we tended to be more towards um playing a fast game not not so much a uh a heavy heavy game because i don't think we're going to have the roster to play a heavy game and i think we're going to play a fast game uh we do, do you pick players to fit the style or set the style to fit the personnel that you ended up with yeah i think you got to set the style to to go with the, the personnel that we ended ended up picking and um and we're happy with it we're, we're very happy with the roster that we did choose we wanted to take the best players that we thought would give us the best opportunity to win and it happened to be you know it's a combination of uh 
you know, veteran guys and, and young guys, but, you know, there's some guys that, you know, height wise are a little bit on the smaller side, but they're real fast. They're good hockey players. They get great hockey sense. And I think that will lend us to playing that fast in your face pressure style of hockey. Scott, you come at this from both sides being the fact that you, again, are, are have had a lot of Olympic experience and now you work in, for an NHL franchise. So I wonder your thoughts on there has been talk. And I think Gary Bettman is one that has, is at least thrown it out there. The idea of moving hockey to the summer Olympics with the thought of being, well, it would be before the season. The season wouldn't have to be disrupted. Uh, if a guy did get hurt, it wouldn't maybe necessarily be an injury that cost them, you know, the, the Stanley Cup playoffs. But that would be a, a pretty radical change, and it would take uh, one of the signature events of the Winter Olympics out. Where would you fall? Where do you fall on that? On, on your thoughts on that? Well, I have heard this, but I, I honestly haven't given it a ton of thought. It, it 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 really stands out. It would stand out in the Summer Olympics, being a winter sport. Sure, but um, you know, I think players. They like to have your summers off. It's a grind going through the NHL season. Um, but that being said, if it's once every four years, um, I guess it wouldn't be as much of a grind as traveling. And like, say, if the NHL was, you know, players were playing in the Olympics this year, it's not as much of a grind as going over to China in the middle of a season, right? Yeah. So, um, you know, it's tough to take summers away from some of the guys, but once every four years, uh, it, it, it might, it's interesting. I, I, I don't know if I'm sold on it yet, but it's interesting because uh, it's a way to squeeze it in all the time. And again, if somebody got hurt or anything like that, you're not take, you don't have to put a stoppage on the NHL season and take that big break. Um, so it does make sense in a lot of ways. Scotty, before we let you go, um, in terms of the, the Penguin prospects, is, is there anybody who's having a uh, particularly impressive season for you and, and anybody whose development maybe isn't going along at the, at the pace you would like to see? Well, I think the guys that, uh, you know, an interesting player that's had a very good year that really thinks the game well and, uh, is, is Val, Valtteri Pustinen. Um, he's having a good season in Wilkes. Um, I, I, I think he's... Uh, he, he thinks the game at a high level. Uh, he's not the biggest guy, but when you see him, the way he sees the ice, makes plays, he's a guy that's capable of playing with, with elite players that think the game fast. Um, and, you know, hey, we've had other guys that have come up and done well. Uh, you know, I know O'Connor's come up and done well, and Casper Borquist has come up and done well, and, and you know, Zahorna and Angelo, those guys – um, we're still working with um, with Sam Poulin and Nathan Laguerre. Uh, those guys, it's going to come for them. It's 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 just timing, and it's going to just going to take a little bit of time. But we we definitely have high hopes for them. Philip Hollander has played well, um, so you know it's an adjustment. And, and we always say in development that it's uh, every player has a different path. It doesn't mean that every player comes in and and plays two months and he's going to be NHL ready. Some guys play two months, some guys play two years. They all have a different path. And, and we have high hopes for a lot of our guys. Um, and then just the trade now for, 
for Alex Nylander. Uh, that's exciting. And, you know, we're just getting to know his game and see what he has to, uh, to fine tune to get to the NHL. So I think we have a good, good number of prospects there that, that have uh, we, a good potential for us. What is it that you see from Nylander that, that made him a worthwhile acquisition? Well, he's, he really has got a lot of skill. And, and uh, you know, he, he sees the ice. He's slick with the puck. Um, you know, you could see it in the first game he played. He made some real nice plays. He's got some, uh, some good deception to his game on the power play. So, again, he's a guy that thinks it also, thinks the game well, sees the ice well, kind of similar to Pustin in that, in that aspect. So he's a guy we just got to make sure that, you know, he takes care of the rest of his game. Um, we know how important that, you know, it's so important for a coach to trust a player on the ice defensively. And at the NHL level, you don't get out there unless you're trusted defensively. So we're still assessing that part of his game in Wilkes. Scott, we wish you the very best, safe travels, and, and certainly uh, success for Team USA in the, in the Olympics. And uh, that's it for us this week here on the 66 to 87 podcast for our guest, Scott Young. And as always, Dave Molinari, who at some point will come home from the West Coast. This is Tom Reed. We'll talk to you next week on the Deke Pittsburgh Sports Podcasting Network.